Well, on the topic of software, I don't want to take too much time, but maybe I could just have a couple of minutes to talk about Mojave. You don't get no you don't get no time on this bitch. This is awesome, dude. So Mojave, OS ten Mojave. Keeps rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I took that as an affirmative, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, this is great, man. I mean, you're talking about Tesla's version 9, and we got iOS 12, sending texts to your wrong friends. Uh, uh, Mac OS Mojave, the latest version came out, OS 10 Mojave, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Some, some fluffy features, but I like it. I like it overall. It's been a good upgrade. I've had it now for a few days. I got it last week. Uh, big, some of the big ones, they have dark mode finally now. Dark mode in OS 10, so you can have that cool, sleek, stealthy... Carbon look to the background and all of that shit. And in addition to that, the the theming in the background now changes during the time of day. So they have some kind of a Mojave Desert picture back here, and depending on what time it is, like it's six o'clock right now, it's got a nice dark hue to it. And then in the morning, it looks like the sun's coming up on one side. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know that. Yeah. It's so I just installed it right when I got back from my trip, so like Saturday. And okay. I, I enabled the dark mode, which is beautiful. I love the dark mode for sure, but I haven't been able to play with it much much more than that so i'm really excited to hear about this this is cool yeah it's just nice visuals and they always do a good job with the visuals anyway but i think this is just a really nice feature and it's kind of cool how it blends in pretty seamlessly in the background but it changes with the time of day and all that so yeah i don't know why but it seems to it's very pleasing to do that um other updates that they had yeah that's the dynamic desktop that i was talking about where it changes throughout the day um, more file organization type stuff. So they have stacks now instead of having all kinds of images plastered on your desktop like some people do or files, you can group them uh, by type. So you can say, oh, this is my, these are images or spreadsheets or presentations, et cetera, et cetera. And kind of makes it a little more organized for you if you have a bunch of stuff on the, on the desktop. I don't have a lot of stuff on the desktop, however. I usually like to keep it pretty clean. Yep. I'm very tidy in that way too. This is called dynamic desktop. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. Dynamic desktop. Uh, what else? Uh, the finder now. They've made it easier for you to look at files and get information on files and even edit files without having to open the application. So in some cases, you can use finder to preview things with more detail than you had before or even uh, edit basic documents without having to open the primary application. Oh, excellent. So that Yeah, that's amazing. So that's really nice. It's more of a productivity hack kind of a thing. Um, the thing I really like, and I haven't done it a whole lot. I did it once though, and it was really cool. Is that a lot of times I'll need to, well, it kind of like you can airdrop stuff to your Mac, but, um, you can use the iPhone's camera now and they call it continuity camera where you take a picture with your camera and it shows up on your Mac. Uh, not following. So the, as soon as you take a picture on your phone, the, the picture file itself just shows up on your Mac. It'll automatically show up. Yeah. So you can use, this is their description, you can use your iPhone to shoot or scan a nearby object or document, have it automatically appear on your Mac. Just choose insert a photo from the file menu, and then you take a photo of something on your desk and it automatically shows up in the pages document, or you can scan a receipt, and a straightened version is immediately available in the Finder as a PDF. It works with Finder, Mail, Messages, Notes, Pages, Keynote, and Numbers. Just another way iPhone and Mac just click. Yeah, so okay, so it's 
it's more of like a something you would want to do intentionally, right? Yeah. So you're editing a document and you want, a, like you said, a picture of a receipt, say for reimbursement or something like that. You could go into the menu, trigger something, take a picture with your iPhone, and it knows how to make that connection and insert it at that particular point. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So really cool. It just makes it super easy. You don't have to email something to yourself, open right. it up, just download it and all that shit. Yeah. I do that a lot. I'll throw it into Dropbox and then... Copy it over and then add it to the doc that I was doing, yep. you know, that kind of stuff. So Same. That's, that's slick. Really like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, that's kind of the big stuff. I think they made some changes to FaceTime that are coming soon. Not out yet, but coming soon where you can have up to 32 people on a call. Um, that's kind of neat. And that's also missing from iOS 12, so from the iPhone as well. So Oh. Right. So that'll come to both devices at a future in a future release. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be in like the Thanksgiving update, hopefully. Uh, what else? Looks I, like they updated the App Store. I uh, maybe. Um, yeah, they did. What What do they do? Just uh, new look and feel. Exciting new editorial content. Hmm. I haven't really looked at the App Store since the update, so I can't speak too much about that. They do have a new news app that I actually like. I've had it open the last few days, and it's it's kind of a flip book kind of a thing. I don't know. Is this one, I think this might be one of the first apps that they talked about that are hybrid, where it's actually a iOS app running on macOS. Oh, that could be. It runs in what looks like Safari. Because it looks very similar to the iOS news application that you use on your phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is their attempt at universal apps like Windows has done. It's coming. They're working on it. I know that. Like They even kind of uh, did a... a, um, quick demo of it on the keynote i think like the stocks app is one as, as well and there was another there's a there's a third this looks this certainly looks like the uh news app from the phone well that that's very interesting if that's the case it's going to be really nice for developers soon here i think there's a big convergence already happening between mobile and desktop but then also like we've talked about before when you've got frameworks like flutter where you can develop cross-platform i mean i can see like the beginnings of one one language that rules them all, and you might have different options, but you you could theoretically write an app in Flutter that would work on a Windows desktop, a Mac desktop, and, and an Android device and yep. an iPhone device. Yep, that would be pretty amazing. Not to derail this too much, but um, I was just at a conference. That was the work trip I had mentioned earlier, and one of the real quick demos we went through was Xamarin, which is a Microsoft flavor that does the exact same thing as Mike was just describing, um, but I did not know that it can write iOS apps. Uh, it can write Apple TV apps. It can write Windows desktop apps. It can write Android apps. It, like fucking really? everything under the sun, it can write an app for, basically. Xamarin. Xamarin. Yep. They've come a long way. I didn't know that. <laughs> Apparently so. My my clients can be really upset. i got to tell them i got to start over and rewrite the <laughs> Flutter app in Xamarin. For the third time. It was only the third time. We started with React Native back in spring. Now we're on to Flutter, but fuck it. We're going to go all Xamarin now. Yeah. Whoever's first to market, right? Speaking of dark modes, uh, you're a Todoist user, right? Well, it's funny you say that. I've been all over the board the last few weeks. I have used Todoist for a long time, and I've been sw- trying other things to see what's really best. Because I'll use it, and then I won't. And I need something that's a little more simplistic, maybe. I don't know. That is pretty simple, too, sometimes. I don't really have a good answer for it. I've tried a few other ones, and I'm using a different one right now. What are you using now, then? Well, I was doing 
I was doing uh, Things, I think it was the app on iOS. Yep, that's pretty popular. Um, and I thought, okay, that's not bad. And then I'm using this one called OneList. No, I'm not familiar with that. That one's really simple. It's about as simple as you get. You don't even get categories. You just pull down. It's all swiping gestures. Okay. Well, the reason I brought it up is uh, Todoist now has a dark mode theme oh, as well that. that they That's just beautiful. released oh, like, just the other day. So it looks a lot nicer. I like I that like way better than what they had before. Yep. Maybe I'll switch back. <laughs> that, was a, that was a hard... Uh, it's hard to pull you over on that one. Well, I have three of them on my phone right now. I'm just trying different ones. Yep. I'm with you on that. It seems like I always switch around, although Todoist has seemed to st- uh, stick a little bit more than, than the last few things that I've tried. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think that this might sound like a weak critique or a complaint, but I find sometimes like the data entry is too cumbersome of a process. In terms of all the keywords that it's looking for and that sort of thing? Yeah. Like sometimes like I have a quick thought and I only want to spend maybe three seconds on that. And so I would like the one list is nice because quick pull down, type, 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 and you're done. You know, it's there. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes the data entry and then the reminder too. like, I do like, I think you can do this with all of them, but with, with the one list, it's very easy just to set up a reminder. Yep. And I like that as well. So yep. I don't know. One thing I haven't used with Todoist because I don't really use Siri, but I'm sure Siri could probably do some sort of voice, you know, version of adding, adding to your list, right? Where it I need might, to try that. Where it might be a little more intelligent than than fumbling around and trying to add it. Manually. That might be the fastest way to input some something. And for whatever reason, I I feel weird talking to the phone, so I don't do that in public. <laughs> I don't either. But I could. I suppose I could, and who would know any better? Because right. they think, oh, you're just talking to somebody. Yeah, I know that the uh, the uh, Amazon person in a box can add stuff to your uh, to your to your. Oh, Alexa. Wa- yeah, yeah. I was trying not to say it to trigger everybody's Alexa that's listening. Boop, boop. Um, but yeah, I know you can do that with Alexa. You can add to uh, Todoist with no problem there, and, and the same thing in a works fine. So, it I think it adds it to a specific list. I should try that. Yeah. I should give that a shot. Yeah. Get on the voice train. The voice train. What else do you want to talk about? You were in Orlando. Are we going to talk about that a little bit? We can talk about that a little bit if you want. So, yeah, I went to Orlando for a Microsoft conference called Microsoft Ignite. Ooh, Ignite. Ignite. It's a fancy way. They might, they might be able to charge a few hundred dollars extra for that name right there. Huh? Probably true. It's a, not a cheap event, I can tell you that. I didn't have to pay for it, luckily. So the last time that I was at a Microsoft event was with you. Well, with you was back in 2006. It was at the Mix Conference in Vegas. Holy shit, that was 12 years ago? 12 years ago. Damn. They had, Remember they had the hookah bar? Did they have the hookah bar in Orlando? Where did they have a hookah bar? Yeah, they had a hookah bar in Orlando or in, um, at, Vegas. in Vegas. Yeah, don't you remember they had that? Maybe it was just an oxygen bar. So I don't know. Oxygen bar, I remember that. Something. Yeah, like I do that. remember the oxygen bar. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh... Yeah, they had a lot of stuff. I don't know that they had anything weird as that. But <laughs> it was kind of weird. It's kind of weird even for 2006. I think that was kind of like the thing, though, at that time, wasn't it? Wasn't that like all of a sudden like a big deal to like go to a bar and sip oxygen? Yeah, it's like things that are artisanal now. Like, like that flavored oxygen. That was a really big, yeah, like blueberry oxygen and raspberry oxygen. Yeah, I think it was a big deal for about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go. I think it was popular at the beginning of the conference, and by the end, nobody yeah. wanted to fucking do it again. Um, yeah, so we went to a week-long conference in Florida, Orlando, um, 
How was it in Orlando just generally? Was it fucking hot? Yeah, well, temperature-wise, yeah. I think the temperature was usually lower to mid-90s um, in terms of pure temperature. And then once you factored in humidity, I think it was usually in the upper 90s, something like that. Okay. So definitely one thing I don't miss from the Midwest, as you know, is humidity. And no. so that was really annoying, and I am so glad that we don't have that here. Um, but in general, we stayed at the uh, Lowe's Portofino Bay Hotel, which is a beautiful Beautiful hotel that's on the Universal Studios grounds. Oh wow! Um, it's got a little bay in the middle of the stu- of the hotel, so it's basically shaped like a U around this little bay. And the whole interior of the bay of the hotel, well, the exterior too, um, looks like Italy. Basically, they painted it to look like little Italy village, Italian village, right? Very cool. And then the really cool thing is that coming into the bay, there's an actual dock that they sh- there's little transport boats that pull up every five minutes and you jump on them it's free and they'll take you to what's called city walk which is right alongside universal studios um and there's no cost to do that it's maybe a five minute trip something like that and then they'll come bring you back as well so super convenient um we went down early we went on a thursday so friday uh, my wife and i went to universal studios um spent the day there um, the beauty of that hotel also is that, number one, they give you early access, so you can get into the park an hour early. Um, and then in addition to that, you get a free fast pass to all the rides. So, oh, they have like a speed line. Exactly, yep. So you get you can join that speed line in every single ride, which was beautiful. Was so, that a big time savings too? It was, yes. It's huge. So to contrast that with Disney, which we went to Disney the next day, Disney will only allow you three pa- fast passes in the entire day. Ooh. So, um, last note I'll make on Universal Studios, aside from it being a lot of fun, um, and the fact that the fast pass was amazing and the early access was amazing, the whole Harry Potter stuff that they've got going on there, they were building that the last time I was there, which was, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that. Um, that area of the park, even if you're not a Harry Potter fan, like the amount of detail and thought in and things like that that they put into that, it's really well done. Like the the whole the village that they built, um, what is it called, Hogsmeade, is beautiful. Like the whole thing is just, everything is just so well done. And just small details, like you go into the bathroom, and there's the character, I think her name is Moaning Martle or something like that, right? And she's like the, the ghost of the bathroom. All of a sudden here over the speakers, you hear like Moaning Martle like screaming and yelling and carrying on. So just small details like that, like, I can see as a kid, you would just get lost in that place. Like Even as an adult, it was very impressive. I've never been, but how long? You spent a full day there. Do you get to see most of it, or do you need more time in there? So because of the fast pass and because of the early access, we were probably mostly done by 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, we still stuck around till I don't know, 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. But um, I know, like, for instance, the Gringotts Bank, which is another one of the Harry Potter rides, um, that ride, I think, normally has like a 70 to 90 minute wait. Wow. Uh, we were able to walk all the way to the front of the line. I think there was three people in front of us when we got there. Damn. So That makes all the difference. If you didn't have that, you'd be stuck in line. Yes. Then it would have taken the whole day, or maybe we wouldn't even have seen everything. It's, it's hard to say. But to contrast that with Disney, we were there for the whole day. That was the next day, Saturday. Um, and there we stood in a lot of lines, a lot of very large lines, I think 60 minute lines, uh, oftentimes, um, additionally, Disney, like, um, Universal feels very new, 
Whereas Disney feels very dated. Okay. It's, it's starting to show its age a lot. They're not keeping up with the amenities as much or the. It's just, you exhibits. can tell a lot of it's been around a while, you know, or even things like, you know, they have names for all their different versions of, of areas like, um, Tomorrowland, right? It's supposed to be the future thing. Well, anything future is going to feel dated really quickly, right? And they haven't updated that in who knows how long, right? So, oh boy. Uh, it's cool still, but it still feels very dated. Um, and we went to like the ET ride, for instance, and, and that's just really, really bad anim- animatronics that just kind of like fold over and then stand back up. You know, just <laughs> really, really bad. I mean, it's very visually bad compared to other things, but it was fun. I mean, we had a good time. Um, I'm not above, you know, being a child at heart or whatever you want to say, right? So I, I was fun. there as a as a youngster. Um, I think I, I think mom said I was only five or something like that when I went. So I remember parts of it, but not a lot of it. Yeah. So it was fun to see a lot of the stuff. And and what I will say about Disney is the show at the end of the night in front of the castle, Cinderella's castle, like that. I've seen that both in Florida um, when I was young, and I've seen it. Um, uh, in California, uh, not so long ago, but the, the show there now with modern technology and all the lasers and stuff that they can project on the castle is absolutely spectacular. Like they can make that castle look like anything they want it to like, really? they can make it look like an evil castle. They can make it look like not a castle. They can make it look like it's a scene from a different movie. Like it's crazy. They just go through this whole montage. Wow. Of like all their different Disney films and it just, sometimes it's a castle, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's a, some other castle, sometimes it's an evil castle. Like it's crazy the lighting work that they can put on that thing. So. Well, I need to add that to the bucket list. I haven't done anything like that before. It was fun. It's worth doing. Yeah. So what do you do in line for 60 minutes? Do they sell concessions? Can you drink beer? <laughs> well, I mean, you can definitely drink. There are, there is alcohol available in various places. I don't know if you can just carry it throughout the park. Um, but there is definitely alcohol available. Like in, in one of the Harry Potter villages, there was a bar, which that's another one of these small details that I was talking about. Like the bar to an adult, it very clearly is a bar. Like it looks like a bar. Yeah. Right. It's got the, the bar top. There's spigots just like normal, but they're all branded or, or look very kind of woody or something like in a Harry Potter style, right? So, like, okay. it's not just like a standard, here's Budweiser, right? Yeah. Like, it says Budweiser on it, but it's very, like, stylized to look and feel like the Harry Potter world. Okay, so, the, like, even the the like the font types and the characters yep. and everything are just... Yeah, and the taps just, like, they look more woody or something to blend in. So, yeah. like, you're not just looking over there and, like, oh, there's the taps for the beer, right? Like, a kid would never notice, right? Wow. So, like, just the amount of detail was was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it sounds like that'd be worth the trip alone. Yep. And then another thing that I make note of is, like, that place is just printing money. Like, one of the things that everybody gets there is you can get a wand, right? So, like, they have wands for every character. Um, you go to one of their little shops, or they have a, a number of little shops, but everybody has wands. So, you walk around and you look at these little kids, and they're all swirling their wands because you can walk up to, like, windows and... The way that they work is the wand has a little IR sensor in the end of it. Oh, shit. And then the windows are looking for a specific pattern. And if you match that pattern, it'll do something, move something, whatever. And so all the kids have these things, right? So you'll see, like, families of four, and every one of them has a wand. Well, these wands are 50 bucks a piece. Oh, God, man. So I'm just like, man, there's, I think they said in an average day, there's, what, 25, 30,000 people there, something like that. Oh. And you figure probably... What do you want to say? 60% of those probably are more. 
probably say have 20,000 people have a wand yeah. in a day and it's yeah. $50. And that's just some extra, right? That's not the ticket. The price of admission is 130 bucks a pop. It's a million dollars in wands a day. <laughs> what do those things cost? About two cents? Probably, yeah, probably nothing. They're just plastic with a little IR receiver on the front. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's fun. Uh, it's a lot of people. You know, it's not something that I want to do on a regular basis because that gets really irritating after a while. But yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, but you've only gone, what, a couple times your whole life. So. Yeah. And then we also hit up Epcot, which, you know, again, talking about being dated, like that one's really feeling old and neglected. But it was fun. They did. They, they had kind of a wines or a food of food of the world type thing going on. Um, so as you walked around, you know, you walk around the lake and you kind of go through different parts of the world, different countries, different cities, whatever it may be. Wow. And then each one had its own cuisine, like a little sh- a little shack that was serving like four four small bite plates of various types of cuisine from that area and then four alcoholic beverages from that area. Ooh, I like that. So we just kind of walked around, picked up a little snack from each little shack and had a good time. So it was fun. Yeah. And I'm trying to get this straight. You said this was a work trip. <laughs> there was work involved. Oh, okay. These were, this was just the first three days. So oh. we got all that into three days. Oh, very good. Okay. Because, you know, Christina is a very good trip planner. We don't, we don't go on vacation to relax, you see. Ah. We go on vacation to do stuff. Oh. Apparently Siri thought I was talking to her. Shut the fuck up. God damn it, Siri. (laughs) (laughs) She She apologized to me. That was amazing. I'm gonna have to see if I can like boost that volume. (laughs) Wow. She's so friendly now. That was great. The first version, she told you to go fuck off yourself. You know how many times I tell Alexa that and she just, goes away like she doesn't she doesn't say sorry oh man she does that maybe that's the new competitive edge <laughs> so yeah so the next uh week then after after those three days was the microsoft ignite conference um and that was primarily a micro you know like well it's microsoft so it's um i would say more it's an it conference than it is a developer conference although there was a, a little bit of developer coursework there as well um, but primarily they were talking about DevOps type things, IT related things, um, and Azure primarily were the topics of the day. Yeah. Um, very good conference, very well put on. They did a great job with everything. Um, announced a few products, got to see your boy Scott Goo. I mean, I didn't get to meet him in person. I knew she wouldn't deliver on that. She did ask about it. Oh. She, she asked her boss who was at her, her booth. Uh, and he said that after the keynote, Scott would probably go do a bunch of press. And then probably would leave the premises. So she tried, but Bummer. couldn't deliver. Bummer. He's so, a busy guy these days. It's all good. Um, was he wearing his red polo? Oh, of course. Oh, nice. Yep. What's How funny? Many red polos does he have? I wonder. <laughs> I know. I was like, I wonder if he sells those. Be like, here's my previously worn Scott Goo polo. I'll yeah, sign like, it for you. Like LeBron, you know, takes his jersey off at the end of the game and gives it to a lucky <laughs> kid in the stands. Here's I my get, unwashed polo from the keynote. Get Scott Goo's, you know. Slightly like sweaty armpitted, uh, you know, polo shirt from the keynote. So what's funny is Scott Goo, if you don't know who he is, he's a big dev head figure for Microsoft, uh, currently leads, I think, all of Azure, basically. Um, very well known for wearing red polos anytime he does any kind of talks, uh, publicized talks. What's funny about this is there's an, another guy that's in, in charge of the DevOps project, product, which used to be known as VSTS. I don't remember what his name is, but his Twitter handle is basically kind of like stealing Scott Goo's idea. And so he's like, 
I'm going to butcher it, but it's like Black Polo dude or something, right? Like it's oh, something Black Polo, and he's apparently trying to commandeer the Black Polo as his thing. Oh my gosh. I would think in order for it to conform to Windows design styles, it'd have to be one of the four Windows colors. Black isn't one of the windows. It's like that's true. Green, red, uh, yellow, Microsoft blue color. Yeah. Kind of huh. Talk to the marketing department about yeah, this. Yeah, you didn't think that went out very, very thoroughly. <laughs> but yeah, overall, it was a good conference. Um, there was quite a few things that I, I, I have as takeaways. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go through them all here, but sure. Um, good number of, of interesting things, things that we're doing incorrectly or maybe we could do better, um, maybe things that we're not doing at all. Um, so very good conference overall. I would I would say next year if they want to send somebody to that, I would say that we should send primarily the IT and DevOps groups to that and then maybe send the developers to Microsoft Build, which is actually here anyway. Um, I think that would be a more valuable use for, for the engineering team at least. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh that's good to know. I mean, some of the stuff you sent me looked pretty interesting too. So, looked like a good time. Did you get to go to any of the mixers or anything like that, really, or not so much? Didn't really. No, nah, I didn't really involve myself in that too much. Um, the the main thing was again Universal Studios, which was a Thursday. Mm. So they basically closed Universal Studios Park, and all the Microsoft attendees could go to that. But oh, that's cool. The conference itself was thirty thousand people, so it still felt really full. It's a town. It's a huge amount of people. Yeah. So, yeah. um, one other big plug that I did want to put on the show here, we mentioned her briefly earlier when we were talking about goo is, uh, our good friend Aaron Rifkin, um, launched a product there called Microsoft Learn, which was really well received, number one. Um, and number two, it's, it's just a cool product. So the idea behind the product is if you're a Azure developer, you can go to the site, sign up and you can take coursework, uh, learning how to use Azure products. Um, and the real cool part about it is is it's a kind of step-by-step program, but as you need Azure resources, they'll spin them up for you or, or they'll tell you how to spin them up and it'll spin them up on their own tenant. And what that means is that basically they're paying the cost of whatever that is while it's running. And then they'll spin it down once you're done with the course. So you can learn how to use Azure stuff without any cost to you, which is really, really cool, especially if you don't have like a Visual Studio subscription like we do where we get our $50 credits. If you're just new to the Microsoft platform and you want to learn how these services work, you can go spin it up on their dime, spin it back down, and there's no cost. What a great idea. That's a, a wonderful way to get developers onto the platform, onto the cloud. If you if you don't have to pay for it, you can kind of try before you buy, that kind of thing, get familiar with it, then it's probably going to draw a lot more subscribers. Yep. And they did some really brilliant things too, right? They gamified it a little bit, so you gain experience points and you get badges and you you kind of do all these other things that sometimes people are like really competitive and want to continue to learn more or use it more to kind of do these things rather than just strictly the learning aspect of it, which I think was a smart move as well. And so the topic's pretty wide-ranging with so the cloud offerings. Like are they doing serverless and a lot of other things that are available? So I think everything is supposed to be moving towards this. Um, I don't know what total content portfolio looks like currently yeah. um it might be fairly lean to start with they Pretty just announced new. it yeah. yeah but i know everything going forward and everything that they currently have is supposed to be moving or adding content to it well that's so, great so very cool i'd be hopeful that maybe we could bring aaron on at some point and and have her talk about it because she would be uh much more eloquent and uh, have a lot more insight as to what it is and how it works but yeah we got to line that up that'd be great yeah That'd be a great show what else you got, man? I mean, I've, I've been talking this whole time, basically. 
You did pretty good. Yeah, you got a few words in today, man. I'm very excited. A lot of good things happening over there. Teslas and iPhones and conferences and it's been a busy uh it's been a busy couple of weeks. Yeah, to say has. the least. It has been. I it's it's been busy for me as well on the travel front, I think, uh since the last episode. What I I was in uh maybe a last time. Maybe this maybe this was not I can't remember. I was in Denver for, for a short time uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I think we recorded maybe after that, so maybe that's old news. But I was out there for a little bit, and then uh, I got to work at the Quote Wizard office down there one day. Get to see the guys. That was good. I uh, was in Portland last week for a couple of days, and that was with this accelerator program that we're going to we're gonna hopefully do an episode about that in itself. That'll be a, a separate episode, but that's for a startup that I'm involved in in the clean energy space. And so that was a summer project, the the team, there's three of us on the team that uh, applied for this Cascadia Cleantech Accelerator. And it's really a business accelerator. You get mentorship and help forming a business plan and learning how to create a pitch deck and uh, discovering certain aspects of the business a little bit with marketing and sales and kind of the whole gamut of, like you know, when you're going, what you need to have prepared going to investors to seek, whether it's a seed round or maybe a series A or B or even more uh, later stage funding, like what, you know, how does that happen? What do you need to do? How do you prepare for that? So that's what the summer was all about. And we kind of had the big event down in Portland presenting our pitch. Uh, and it went pretty well. We learned a ton from this thing. And that was really the value prop of the whole thing. You know, we didn't come away with like a big check uh, last week, but we have a lot of contacts that we're still following up with people that are interested, whether they're just, uh, uh, what do you want to say? Like, um, not necessarily advocates, but um, cheering on the company, you know, like they want to see us succeed. And so, and there's a lot of uh, folks that we've talked to that, that, that want to help. So a lot of good things came out of that and uh, had, you know, had a networking event the next day down there and got to meet some more people. Um, went to San Diego over the weekend, went to ballroom dancing on Sunday. <laughs> So you're uh you're wiped out at this point. I'm wiped, man. Like this is Monday night. I'm gonna crash. I gotta do a little, you know, a little something, a little work later, and then gonna hit it hard. And right back to the CrossFit this morning. I went to CrossFit this morning. Got a good workout in. It's been a month. It's been great. It's been a month already. I I had a decent month. I mean, it was the first time I've done that kind of serious training in in quite a while. So I made it 14 days out of the month, which. I'd like to improve on that, but I think that wasn't bad for just jumping back in. And what about kind of uh, benders on the outside of that? How, how have you done in terms of that? Because that was, that was partially what it was designed for too, right? Not, like not only from the fitness standpoint, but you were hopefully using it to kind of keep yourself on the straight and narrow to some degree as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the problem there, like late August, I, I was just, I've been back in Seattle since April and progressively each month was spending more and more money on going out and was going out more during the week than I wanted to and spending more money than I wanted to. And so, yeah, I kind of had this tipping point in August where I said, this just isn't sustainable anymore. I don't feel good. I don't like going out as much as I have been. And yeah, my, my overall spend last month, I just kind of tallied it up today because it's the first of the month. Well, my overall spend going out last month was, uh, a little bit more than 50% less. Nice, dude. So saved a big chunk of coin there and used some of that money to towards other things. So 
I think I mentioned to you I'm going to plan a little mileage run up to Anchorage in a few weeks. Just a little getaway weekend and bring a book and chill out. And then I'll work from the uh, co-working space one day up there. Tell you what, like, I don't know if it's partially the getting out of town or vacay or maybe it's all, or CrossFit or combination of all of them. But you look, you look, I don't know, for a better word, good today. Like you look like you're here and awake and, yeah, you know, active and like you just don't look like beat up, I guess. <laughs> not, not to say that you're looking bad, but like, I don't know. It's, you just like seem like you have like a vitality that, that hadn't been there for a while. Well, this is the first time since I've been back in April that I really felt like I'm forward thinking or excited about the future. Like I've got some good things happening. And yeah, it was definitely just a bit of a rut coming back to Seattle single, um, trying to figure out how to live alone and, and getting adjusted to that whole thing. And really just trying to figure out how to deal with some of the things that had been going on emotionally. And I wasn't, I knew it was going to be a little rough, so I'm not going to beat myself up about it too much. Uh, I didn't do anything too crazy, just <laughs> spent more money than I wanted to and had more hangovers than I cared to have for a few months. <laughs> but yeah, this is fun. There's just a lot of good things happening. The turnaround has been, okay, like I'm, I'm okay and I'm ready to look ahead to the future. So the fitness piece was kind of that cornerstone piece that changed everything because now that I'm getting up early a few days a week to do that, three, four days a week, uh, that changes everything. I'm going to bed earlier. I'm eating better. Um, eating cleaner. So that's huge. Not going out during the week really much at all. And um, on top of that, trying to step into some of my fears, the things that I've been scared of or afraid to do, like dating online. I've done a bit of that, although I've kind of backed off a little bit because I'm not, I've got so much work right now that I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I've got some side projects I'm working on that I'm excited about. And, uh, but I did start that ballroom dancing last month. So I've been doing that on Sundays. And that was scary at first because I'm not a dancer. I'm not really like, uh, what do you want to say, man? Like, don't really have any kind of moves. <laughs> <laughs> like, still don't really have any kind of moves. But I've met a lot of great people doing that because it's kind of a group format. So you have, like I said earlier, what, like maybe 12, 10 or 12 couples, but you're not really dancing with your person much the whole time. Like everybody's rotating just to get adjusted dancing with different styles, like different height, different skill level, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, like every Sunday night for an hour, I'm dancing with, you know, 12 different people. And now that we've done this for a few weeks, it's a class and it's the same people. I get to know more people in the class and it's scary for everybody at first, most people, and then it kind of becomes like a little family and a little fun thing to do. And so, yeah, I love it. I'm going to continue to do that as well. I just think that those, some of those pieces have been really helpful and positive and I've, and it's a workout and I've been sweating a lot and starting to uh, get fit. So new routines, right? Like you mentioned kind of your, like, how do I live alone? Yeah. Now you're learning new routines right because you don't have the routines that you used to have as a couple so exactly now you're establishing routines so it's kind of starting to seems like it's starting to kind of regulate your behavior i guess a little bit or i don't for lack of a better word i don't know how to describe that any better yeah i would say that i've gotten comfortable with discomfort i think that's probably been the theme for the last few months and the, when i first got here i just was trying to maybe mask a little bit of I didn't want to feel the pain, right? I, sure. I felt a lot of pain around the loss, even though like that decision to split up, I think was the right thing to do. Uh, 
I still felt that it was a, a big loss. And so that was a lot to deal with. And I didn't really want to take that on and, uh, dealing with a lot of identity issues like, Oh, am I ever going to find anybody da, 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 kind of bullshit? You know, you go off the deep end there a little bit, but now that I've gotten really comfortable with doing things that kind of scare me or are, are not weren't part of my normal routine and I'm not only surviving through them, but having really great experiences with these things. Like, yeah, I feel like I can take on a lot more and I feel like I can do things that I wasn't okay with doing before. And that's pretty exciting to see that start to happen. Yeah, dude. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think I was telling you too, like a few weeks back, I was, um, something that totally would put, you know, terrify me in the past. I would never even want to do this. Is like one of those guys on the street that are like asking for, you know, asking people to fill out a questionnaire or sign a petition. You know, like those street guys on the corner that oh, try to, mm-hmm. well, for the, for the startup program, we had to get some, we, did, we had to do a customer survey. And so we, we had a profile, we had a questionnaire, five questions that, and we went out to South Lake Union for an afternoon, uh, on Amazon's campus and asked people to fill out the survey. Do you have a couple of minutes to talk about climate change? Da, 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 da. Did that for four hours. So, uh, and that was interesting too. I mean, talk about getting used to being rejected, like nine times out of 10, you're going to get a rejection <laughs> yep. in, in the passive aggressive city of Seattle. Like some people won't even acknowledge that you're there talking to them. Like, yep. Hey, do you have a minute? Not even going to look at you. Not going right. to say anything. And then avoid eye contact. Yeah. Avoid on eye contact, you know, pick up your pace. So I think just getting in the mindset of, look, like people aren't going to talk to you or want to talk to you. They're not going to like you. They're not going to. And it's not a personal thing. It's just, I do the same thing to those kinds of people. Sure. All the time. Yeah. You got other things you want to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and I would say that's translated well to dating. So like I'm going to date people and it's going to go really not well all the time. Like they're not all going to be home runs and, most of the time they won't be uh, anything that goes forward, but I might not like the person on the other end. They might not like me and that's okay. <laughs> and it's just really been about accepting rejection and embracing it as not a personal thing. Um, just a matter of fit. And well, you just get used to that enough times and then you find one that works or you find a good experience out of it, but you can't really have that if you don't try or don't play participate, get comfortable with failure, right? Get comfortable with failure. Yeah, exactly right. So that's kind of what this exercise has been the last four to six weeks. Going back to the gym, trying some new things, is getting comfortable with failure, rejection, and not giving a fuck, man. <laughs> trying not to give a fuck as much. Good. I love it. I'm yeah. Happy that, I'm happy that the uh, CrossFit idea worked out. It was a great idea, and yeah, I love the competitive part of it. I, there's a lot of shit I can't do. Like, <laughs> some of this stuff is very... Um, requires a lot of flexibility and and it's not just all strength and so there's a lot of things I just don't have the core strength to do so I'm doing like little substitute things or you know smaller versions of them but I've already felt a big improvement haven't really just starting now to feel like I'm losing some weight but it's but definitely like changing shape and going from more blob to more muscle well, and those are like the small goals that you need to attain, right? Like you have like what your end goal is. Like that's your big goal, which is very hard to see and attain. Yeah. Right. But then you have these small goals like, oh, I want to be flexible enough to do this little move or I want to, you know, and then you can check that off. And now you're like, oh, now I want to be able to do this fucking thing that that guy does. That's fucking cool. Right. Like, yep. so you get these small goals that keep you motivated and like those are like incremental and, and achievable in a small amount of time or 
That's right. Relatively small amount of time. Whereas like your big goal, you're just like, oh my God, that's so far away. I'm never going to get there. Yeah. 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 It's been really great uh, to have those little, yeah, have those little victories and, and shoot for some, something like that small. And even, hell, even just getting up at 520 <laughs> in the morning has been a pretty good goal. That's a tough one. You know, a tough one. Yeah. It just requires like going to bed earlier at night and having everything ready and all that. But um, I will say this. I just love that it's turning fall in Seattle now, like as much as we're getting into the rainy season and then we'll be bitching about that in another three weeks. Like it's been super nice. Just the apartment's been crisp when I wake up in the morning. I just love being under the covers when it's freezing <laughs> in the room. Yeah, I like it cool as well. And and yeah, the color and yeah. Aside from the gray sky. Yeah. It's a very beautiful time of year for sure. It is. I, I really like this time of year. It's It's getting darker. But, you know, go take a trip down south, go to San Diego, go to Orlando for a couple of days, and boom, you get some vitamin D again. There you go. It's a good, good time of year to travel. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And there's some deals. So that's kind of what this Anchorage thing was about. Although that's going the other way. I think it's going to be a little cooler up there. <laughs> yeah. A little darker up there, too. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I kind of like that. There's something about this season for me that you know, this is, uh, for other animals, like a hibernation kind of a thing, right? Like getting in for the winter kind of yep. hunkering down. And I, I like this. I don't feel like the summertime. If, if you're not out doing something right now, um, till 10 PM in the summertime and you're kind of like letting it go and missing out. And what I like about this transition is that I can be kind of guilt free if I want to stay in and read a book or lay on the couch. Totally. I'm with you on that. So that, that part's pretty cool. I like that. Right on dude. Well, should we wrap this up? I think we should wrap it up. We we do talk about, I'll just say this, like we talk about a lot of the same things. We talk about Tesla a lot. <laughs> That's my doing. <laughs> Maybe well, that'll, pretty, that'll go away now. I like it, though. I like Tesla. No, I've, I've talked about Elon Musk a lot, too, even though I don't have a Tesla. So I don't mind talking about him, but I feel like just recurring themes. We talk about that a lot. And Apple shit. Apple shit, yeah. Apple iPhones and Apple Watches, Apple Laptops, MacBook Pros. Yep. Mojave. Personal stuff. Personal shit. That's our cast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yep. You got it. Let's right. wrap this bear up. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. You can contact us at Twitter. I'm ChipperSF. That is ChipperSF at Twitter. And uh, Kyle can be at Kyle P. Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. The show's Twitter handle is at CoffeeCodeCast. Use the hashtag Ask3C. Email us at coffeecodecast at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.coffeecodecast.com. And you can subscribe to our podcast on any number of podcast apps, including SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, and TuneIn. Rate us, like us, share us, leave us a comment.